Welcome back to 7525. This is Vanessa. This is Felicia. We got a surprise guest. I feel like he was bamboozled. Want to introduce yourself? I'm always bamboozled. <laughs> <laughs> How would you like me to introduce myself? You want me to introduce myself as dad or do you want me to introduce myself as Dave? So I'm Felicia's dad, Dave. Um, I'm the guy they kind of chat about, make fun of, whatever. Lightly make fun of. Uh, no, it's not lightly, but it's okay. <laughs> Maybe maybe you lightly make fun of me on your podcast, but anyway. It's so, all with love. <laughs> yeah, it's from a meaningful place. So tell us a little bit about what you do. You don't have to like specific like city if you don't want to, but. Oh, I'm the chief of police for the city of Chowchilla. I've been working in law enforcement for about 32 years. Uh, I started in the county of Madera at the Madera County Jail. I uh, worked there for five years. Uh, after working there for a couple of years, I started as a reserve police officer for the city of Chowchilla. I'm sure people that are listening know what that is, but in case you don't, it's a volunteer. Basically, some of the stuff you do, you do get paid, but most of it, you would come out and uh, volunteer your time. In 1996, I was offered a full-time position here at Chowchilla as a police officer, and I've worked up the ranks to chief of police. Worked in Merced uh, for three, three years. And uh, so I've been been around a little bit. In military prior, right? I did 13 years uh, in the United States Air Force, five years of active duty. Uh, the rest was guard. Wow. So you've had a really, really long career. We've talked briefly kind of about your, your career and how it's impacted you, the shitty stuff that you've seen. And we're not going to ask you to go into that, but you have been a big proponent of mental health, at least since I've known you. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like is maybe one of the most important things that you can tell either rookies going in or even just people long-term in the career? How have you lasted so long? What do, what do you feel like is important for them to know, to keep sane? Just a little bit. You're a little crazy, but just, that's fine. <laughs> you know, I'll just say that um, it's it's like anything else. There's help out there if you're willing to get the help that you need. You know, you have support. Uh, your family most of the time is supportive. Uh, your friends most of the time are supportive. The thing that people need to understand is that you have to find somebody that actually understands what you do. Um, And a lot of times, and I know you guys were talking about it with, and I'll call them the crew, about finding someone that actually is, uh, they know what happens in first responder communities. Because when you go to an EAP and you're talking to some 90-year-old guy or girl that's never had to deal with a baby getting burned up in a house or you know, seeing some nasty accident or your partner getting killed or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. um, they have no idea. And it's kind of hard to give somebody advice about something you have no idea about. It'd be like me telling a a carpenter how to build a house. I have no freaking clue how to build a house. I can swing a hammer and that's about it. Yeah. But don't ask me how to put things together because I don't know. And I think that it's extremely important for people to find someone that ha- that are experts. I mean, we talk about experts in law enforcement all the time mm-hmm. that find find an expert in the field that you need help in, whether it be if you're an alcoholic, and there's plenty of them, find somebody that deals with alcoholism that can help you. Uh, if you have PTSD, find someone that specializes in that. Or if you have somebody that can sp- can do all of them then talk to those people because you need to talk to people that are going to help you Mm -hmm. so that's where i'm at with it i also think that me uh, as a leader of of an agency i need to be able and willing to listen to people instead of judging them or what they're going through i need to be able to listen to what they say and actually try to point them in a direction to get the help that they need. Mm -hmm. And if I'm watching something happen, I can assure you I'm going to point them in a direction that I think that would help them because obviously as a leader of an agency or even a person that you care about, you want them to succeed and you want them to live 
basically. You want them to be able to live happy. Yeah. We're not happy every day, obviously, but I'd prefer to be happy more than less. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hopefully that answered your question. Absolutely. So you've been one of our only fans from the start of 7525. I've actually come to the conclusion that all of our listens are probably just you pressing play over and over and over again and not even listening. <laughs> we, yeah, we've actually talked about that. But of all the episodes, uh, what is your take on 7525 and what are some standout episodes for you? First of all, girls, I'll be very honest with you both. Uh, I don't think I'm the only one listening. Um, I listen. Uh, it's not because I'm dad, mm-hmm. right? And it's not because uh, not because of any. I'm I'm very proud of both of you. I think it. Uh, this is a big deal. People need help, and if this is the only way you can get help, is by sitting by yourself and listening to something. Because some people are scared to go and do anything. Mm-hmm. So. Um, I think it helps a lot. I mm-hmm. think you'd be very surprised at actually who's listening. Mm-hmm. So don't don't sell yourself short. It's very important. So yeah, I've I've listened to every every uh, episode. Your first episode, um, it's very obvious y'all were nervous. Mm-hmm. I still think you did a great job. I think you got in the groove, and you've hit it out of the ballpark. The ones that I've enjoyed. Truthfully, uh, were when you guys had the crew on there. Those mm-hmm. guys are amazing. Um, I have to commend them. I commend you guys. Um, it honestly, to me, seemed like a group of friends sitting around talking about things that are important to other people. Mm-hmm. And honestly, if you can sit and listen to those uh, things you will actually get a lot of information uh, from what people are saying. And I think, I think it's very important for people to do that. You listen to what people are saying, and you pull out the things that are important to you, basically. You mm-hmm. know, if there's something like I, like I made the comment about the EAP, if I've, I've used the EAP, so <laughs> I yeah. can tell you, um, well, I appreciate the fact that agencies and cities and counties and whatever, employers, give their employees those types of resources, I really believe personally that they need to reevaluate the way they do that. And what I mean by that is they need to evaluate who's actually planning to use it and figure out what fits with that group. So fire, police, EMS, we're a completely different animal than someone that maybe mows the grass at the park Mm -hmm. or cleans the city hall or has to deal with, you know, city business. While we all have stresses in our job, our stresses are completely different. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But I would say the group you guys had was probably my favorite to listen to. And obviously, I know it was recent, and we remember the most recent things, but I do remember a lot of the things that they talked about, so mm-hmm. they stuck out a lot. Yeah, they were they were a great group to have, but it is good to have someone that's culturally competent, because obviously there is, you know, there the different stressors, and your body reacts differently, and somebody who's culturally competent is going to understand you know, the adrenaline and cortisol piece, and that's much higher in first responders than the average civilian, and that affects everything that's going on in your daily life as a first responder, so it's really important. I don't know anything about adrenaline or cortisol. Nothing. No? No. Maybe not. Your Red Bull doesn't know anything about that? No. Prove it (laughs) on a podcast. (laughs) Can anyone see a Red Bull sitting here? I'm going to take a picture and <laughs> post it on our page. Post it. Okay, there might be one sitting next to me. <laughs> We're a big believer in moderation, not a all or nothing. Yeah, our coffee is sitting here too. Right? I guess this being my sixth one, I'm just kidding. Just, this is the first one. Go How ahead. fast is your heart rate today? Are you getting exercise points while sitting there? Yes. <laughs> Felicia and I are in a competition. I have to win somehow. So. You always win. It's because I'm fat. 
Anyways. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I do think you get exercise points for breathing, but it's fine. Cheater. <laughs> no, it's so. eater. Eater. <laughs> That's what my problem is. I'm an eater. <laughs> Aren't gummy bears like car pre or something? Fat yeah, free? Uh, shh. <laughs> Talk about my. That's that's a secret. Oh, okay. Cold, Haven't we mentioned the gummy bears and Red Bull on here before? Cold gummy bears, gotta have them. If you've never had them, they're awesome. I I want to say we've mentioned. Yeah, at some point in time have. we've talked about the gummy bears. I'm sure. <laughs> Speaking of, we talk about you um, quite a bit on here. We probably reference you at least once every podcast, yeah. every episode. How how do you feel about that? <laughs> When we say reference, it means Felicia's taking jabs. <laughs> I'm just Not always jab. Hey, you've done it. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, to be perfectly honest with you, um, you're more than willing to use me as an example for anything um, as long as somebody gets help. It sounds kind of corny. You know, um, we always say if we can only save one person, everyone talks about things that go on and, fire and police and EMS and all that. And we always say that, well, you know, if we can just save one, we'll, we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, if you need to use me to reference something that was stupid as hell, I don't care because I want somebody to look at that and go, wow, I did that. I do that. I need some help. I need to figure this out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's very important. So it doesn't bother me. I'm actually kind of, it makes me laugh most of the time. Some of the time I think about it and I'm like, holy shit, I can't believe things like that go on, but it's good. So yeah, it, it doesn't bother me. You know, I think when we do it, we always, I mean, we're, of course we're making like little funny jabs, but at least from the outside looking in, you know, I've, I've known you guys for 12 years, something like that, a long time now at this point. Mm-hmm. And I know that when Felicia talks about you, Yes, it was like, oh, my dad used to do these things, but that's that's a key word in all of this. You used to do that. You've done a lot of, well, it seems like you've done a lot of looking at yourself and trying to figure out how to be better dad and husband and, and not just for your family, but for the community that you serve. Um, I will say I've grown up a lot. Mm-hmm. I think maturity is a big deal. Um, I've realized that some of the stupid shit that you thought was important to you really isn't important. Your family honestly is your biggest supporter Mm -hmm. and you don't sometimes you don't realize this in your job until you're getting ready to leave the job and you think to yourself like and pardon my language but you think to yourself man I really fucked this up I fucked it up really bad and I need to fix that Mm -hmm. and as a cop we're fixers right? We don't worry about ourselves. We worry about everybody else. When I, when I think about it, to me, I think I've never fixed my family. So I got to do something. So here we are. Um, And obviously you can tell I'm uh, extremely sensitive about this. So um, I just want to make sure that when everything is over, that my family realizes they were important. Yeah. And I don't think I did a good job at that. I think they felt that it was work was more important. And I can't blame them. Anyway. I disagree. Well, you can. <laughs> I mean, but you have to understand, right? You can disagree, but when you're looking at it as the person that's actually doing it, that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. I, I feel that way. Mm-hmm. You may not feel that way, but me, there's certain things that kick your ass. I wasn't there. I was working. Birthdays. We had to figure out another day to do your birthday. Oh, it was more important that you work an overtime shift because, you know, we need the money. There's always a rationalization. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right? But I will tell you, my relationship with my kids and my wife, um, when I realized that it's really not the money that matters, it helps, don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but it, it's not what matters because after a while, all of that's gone. And what do you have? Your family. Yeah. So I would say if people are listening 
to anything, uh, remember that the people that support you will always support you. That money, it goes away really quick. Mm-hmm. And if you, anyway, just, just make those people happy. It's important. Because it's very stressful for your family as well. It's not, it's not just the person that's doing the job. Mm-hmm. And I think people need to realize that. It's, it's the entire family. They, they all are affected by whomever is doing a job like this. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's also a team thing. You know, you understand what your parents do and how much they have to work and things that need to be done. Right. You know, and how many sporting events did you show up to in your uniform? All of them. Most of them. But you were there. Right. But the thing that, the thing I'll say is I think, I think our family is a very unique family when you think about other people Mm -hmm. right they don't they're not lucky enough and maybe it's not lucky they're not lucky enough to have both parents involved in law enforcement to where for example mom can prime the kids that hey you know dad's on his way home and he is like it was a really bad day today Mm -hmm. so when he gets home you guys go outside go to your room hide somewhere because he's in that mood clean everything right but but don't tell me it didn't happen because it did i know that and when you think about All it the time. right but when you think about that as a as a dad that's not supposed to happen in your house i'm supposed to come home and the kids are supposed to run up to me and daddy's home and hey you know i understand that sounds like a a fairy tale i get that mm-hmm. and i'm not looking for a fairy tale what i'm looking for is for my wife and kids to be happy when I walk in the house not be scared Mm -hmm. and that's what happened in our house and I'm not stupid I know that Mm -hmm. I watched it I was the one that did it that's what I mean by fixing things I don't want my grandkids to be afraid of me I want them to run up to me and say Papa's here Mm -hmm. and be happy to see me not scared like and for the record they do run up to you they do and I know that and it makes me feel happy and if you've ever seen me, normally I have tears in my eyes, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I have always said, though, right, Vanessa, that I think being in a first responder family, it is it is about teamwork, and you don't have the luxury that other families do. And I joke that Mr. P's Pizza raised me. Um, and it's true. But it's it's a, it's about teamwork, and you have to you have to do that to make that work sometimes, and that's what comes along with you know, having parents in a position that are helping other families. That's just kind of what what needs to happen. You work together to help each other out, and you understand that that's that's part of that show, and you are all kind of part of it. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, me and my siblings, I don't want to say their names in case they don't want it, but me and my siblings are not first responders, but you're all helping in a sense. It's it's a team effort to make everything work, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's the only way I got through my career. I'm not going to give myself credit for all that at all. I would not have made it to where I am today had it not been for your mom, my kids. I wouldn't have made it, and I know that. So uh, 100%, you can't do this job without having some type of support. And you can call it a team. I'll call it support. We'll call it whatever. Mm -hmm. But... The nice thing about our team or our support group is that when one of us was feeling kind of shitty and we didn't really want to play, mm-hmm. everybody else came to, to play the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we were able to lift each other up and make it work. Mm-hmm. That's the reason why your mom and I are together still. Because when I didn't feel like being together, she did. Yeah. You know, it's that 50-50 relationship type of shit, right? Mm-hmm. Well... It was 150 to one side, and like the other side wasn't. And when she was feeling that way, I was doing it. Mm-hmm. So, and you guys had a lot to do with a lot of that. Yeah. Because it was like you call it a team. I, I'm going to call it support. We wouldn't have done it. We couldn't have made it without everybody pitching in. So, working off of that, 
um, you and mom actually always told me to stay far away from uh, law enforcement. Any type of first responders, but especially law enforcement, probably because that's what you guys were in. But how do you feel now that I work closely with law enforcement, closely with first responders, I should say, and I have a best friend that works closely with first responders, and here we are talking about this stuff all the time. I'm just going to say I don't, I don't think it's what we meant by staying away from first responders or whatever, because if you ever married a cop, a fireman, or someone paramedic, um, I'd have to, like, they wouldn't find the body. <laughs> Is that okay to say on your yeah. podcast? Um, no, I wouldn't. Truthfully, I wouldn't want you to be involved, either one of you, mm-hmm. to be involved with someone in this career field. I know what it does to people. Mm-hmm. I know how impossible some and I'm only going to say men can be because you're females when it comes to relationships as in in this career field. It's impossible mm-hmm. sometimes. We are we smile outside and when we're behind closed doors, it's completely different. Everybody thinks everything is wonderful. We live this fairy tale life and we're always happy and everything's great. And when we get home, we're crying, we're yelling, we're quiet, we hide. We, we don't want to be around anyone, including our family, our kids, our wife. I don't think most people can handle that, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I have to commend my wife, my kids, to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Felicia was a pain in the ass when she was little. <laughs> she wouldn't leave me the fuck alone. I wanted to be alone. I wanted to be quiet. I wanted to, I wanted to be in my room by myself. Just leave me alone. Mm-hmm. No. Guess who came and sat there or would sit outside the door or whatever. What are mm-hmm. you doing, right? Yeah. So. Haven't changed. No, she hasn't. Um, I just and now I can track you. Yeah, there it is. Not to say I think I was just gonna say it's probably gotten a little worse now. She does track me. I, I just does think it make you feel better if I track you too? I feel like I haven't heard from you guys in long enough. It's, like, are they together, ignoring me? <laughs> I just think honestly, it's a different thing, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not permanent. Meaning, to me, you marry somebody, you have kids with somebody, you're attached to them. Even if you were to get divorced, you're still attached to them somehow, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. With this, I think you get the best part of that person. Maybe the worst part, but the best part is you're able to help them Mm -hmm. and send them on their way. Yeah, I'm good with what you're doing because you're actually helping people get Mm -hmm. better. And it helps. Maybe maybe it helps another family like a wife or kids or... The husband, I, I know there's women that are in law enforcement too, so the husbands have to deal with, you know, the same thing. So I think it's a little different. Yeah, we get to go home at night and go, this isn't our, our shit to yeah, take yeah. home. Well, that, and you can say, holy shit, man, I'm really glad I didn't get involved with that asshole. He's, you know, I mean, that's what I would say about me. I'm, I'm happy I didn't get involved <laughs> with that asshole. He's, he's too much, Yeah. right? And I don't mean that about people that you guys deal with yeah I just mean I know personally myself and my personality and the way I act I wouldn't want to deal with me sometimes I I have a hard time being around myself mm-hmm. so so we were <laughs> when we were working on that uh the easter egg puzzle that I was getting intense about you wouldn't let me touch the other day that we finished that's fucked up that's yeah, done Anyways, we were talking about, I think you had asked, like, if Kyber's seen any differences or something, because he laughed about me saying copy to someone. Mm. I laughed at you for saying You laughed at me for saying copy to someone, and then we talked about that, and then he asked if Kyber has ever said anything about me changing, and I told him, yeah, he's called me insensitive, and all all kinds, insensitive, irritable, all kinds of shit. I've been desensitized and all of this crap. Um, I guess to to that part too, 
do you feel okay with all of that? Is it is it weird having, you know, me and my best friend now understand more of this world? No, because I think it's really important. And and as a as a real person, right? I'm a, I'm a realist. I don't I don't think like most people just because I've been involved in some really silly crazy shit since I was born. And as a real thinking person, I think that people need to be exposed to real life situations in order to be able to figure out why people do the crazy shit that they do. Mm-hmm. There are so many people in this world that believe that rainbows and unicorns exist, right? We mm-hmm. know there's a rainbow, we see that, but they think there's a pot of gold at every at the mm-hmm. end of each one of them and there's rainbows and butterflies flying all over the place. Well, life isn't like that. And I think I think people need to understand that there are really bad people out there that do really bad things. Mm-hmm. And someone has to be able to deal with those really bad people that do really bad things. Mm-hmm. And that may be us. And they, they need to understand that it's not pretty when you have to arrest people. Violence happens. And sometimes it's necessary that you shoot and kill people. And sometimes it's necessary that you have to break bones. Sometimes it's necessary that you have to do certain things, punch people in the face. Mm -hmm. That's real life. And unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there that don't see that. So I think... Perspective. Right. And I think sometimes it's the desensitizing or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it. Um I don't call it that. I, I really don't. I call that real life. That's that's real life. When you're talking to somebody, and I'm going to use you guys as an example as a, a mental health person, when you're talking to a person that's dealing with a crisis, and they tell you, for example, hey, you know, I've been thinking I want to shoot and kill myself. Is that real? Oh, mm-hmm. Fuck, it, fuck yeah, yeah, it's it real. Right? I've been there. Mm-hmm. I've seen people with bullets in their face. Okay, so it really happens, mm-hmm. and that's what people need to understand. No matter, no matter what, it really happens, and yeah. people need help to deal with that stuff. It's interesting that you brought that up because I was actually kind of on the fence of asking that. Like, what would you want kind of the general public to know? But you kind of touched on what I thought you might say anyways because this has kind of had a, been a conversation we've had in the past. You know, I think unless you're directly involved in this field in some way, whether it's family or you a mental health person or, you know, you're directly involved as an employee, you don't see it. You see what you see on the news and you see the five seconds of, you know, the video recording from the phone and people don't, general public, in my opinion, don't necessarily understand that that can take a role, a huge role and impact on the first responders' mental health and the family and well, let's, everything. Let's let's dig a little deeper because yeah. I think you you are the one that just touched on something. So let's talk about perspective. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about cell phone videos. Let's talk about mm-hmm. people. Okay, so as a law enforcement officer, I have to have evidence to prove a crime, mm-hmm. right? The problem is, is that people that are watching TV, their evidence is what they see in front of them, correct? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay, so they automatically judge something by what information they're giving immediately. And the information normally that they're given immediately is some citizen's video on their cell phone from an angle that they didn't see the gun that was in the guy's hand. Mm -hmm. They didn't Mm -hmm. see the fact that the guy that the officer was um, wrestling with had grabbed him by the nuts and was squeezing them as hard as they could. And when the officer punched them in the face, they were appalled by that. Yeah. Because that really happened. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And everyone's crying to fire people and do all this thing. What I guess what I'm getting at is no one wants to wait until things actually go out to mm-hmm. be able to make a determination. We're so busy right now to, to say, yeah, the, they're guilty. They got to be guilty. And then think about the officer <laughs> mm-hmm. that's dealing with that or a fireman mm-hmm. that has to deal with a fire, yeah. right? I have to listen to my name a hundred times a day 
on the on the TV, on the radio, everywhere, if I just shot and killed somebody, and you keep dragging it up and keep dragging it up, mm-hmm. does does anyone think that that doesn't affect that person? Absolutely, because yeah. it affects it affects me, and I and I may not have even been the one that did it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean we've had a couple OISs since I've been here where people have been killed, mm-hmm. and every time they talk about them, it bothers me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and it, it's or it's bad enough just the incident alone, right? That having to do that, at least from every person I've ever talked to in law enforcement, typically you don't go in because you're like, I want to go and shoot somebody. That's not that's not why you do it, right? So that is an unfortunate part of what you guys do, to put it lightly. And so having to do that, having to do your job that you're required to do is part of that. But then it, I feel like it is made a thousand times worse when you have, like you're saying, news outlets and media and all of those things showing five seconds of a 15-minute incident mm-hmm. and, and, and of one perspective, not the 10 other perspectives that may have or may not have been involved with that. Right, and understand as well that you're not going to get the perspective of the law enforcement agency because they're not going to comment on that. No. Mm-hmm. Because they don't want to comment on that. That the last thing I want to do is talk about somebody that we had to kill. Yeah. I, d- yeah. I don't want to do that. I don't even like getting on the, I, d- I don't even like doing interviews about stuff like that. I think it's disrespectful to the person that we had to, we had to do that to. Yeah. And their families. Mm-hmm. What, why do you keep dragging it up? Yeah. It's newsworthy. Is that what we're calling it? Maybe it is. But I guarantee you it's affecting everyone that's involved in that. And it yeah. still mm-hmm. affects everyone involved. You and not s- just them, but their families too, right? Well, and especially, well yeah. yeah. I mean, see a picture of one of the officers that was involved on the, on the news mm-hmm. and have their three-year-old son sitting watching TV and all of a sudden it flashes across the news. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's daddy. Daddy, why are you on the news? Mm-hmm. What do you tell your kid? Yeah. What do you say? And, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That, those are the things I don't think people think about. Yeah. Well, and another thing is, you know, everything with media and people watch these stupid shows. And to them, going back to the the rainbow and butterflies and shit, everything is fake, you know? Nothing is real in their eyes. So it's so easy to throw this stuff around when first responders are actually seeing and experiencing these things real time. Firsthand. Yeah, so let me ask you both because, you know, You've been around. Anyone ever point a gun at you and tell you they were going to kill you? No. no. And if they did, what would happen besides pissing your pants? Probably nothing. Right? Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You guys are. Okay. That's that's what I. That's where. That's where people need to understand. Like when you talk about desensitizing and you Mm -hmm. talk about whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, until you're faced with a situation, the 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 fight or flight. Thing, yeah. What are you going to do? Are you going to fight? You're going to stand there and fight? You're going to take care of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Are you going to take care of the people that you love? Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm going to take care of the people I love. Mm-hmm. I want to go see my family. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let you take me out. Mm-hmm. I want to see my family. I'm not going to quit. I'm going to keep going with every breath I have. Yeah. And that's the thing that I don't think a lot of people understand. It's not that we want to go out and do bad things to people. Mm-hmm. I don't sit here every day and think of how I can go out and get people to be upset so that I can beat up on them. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work that way. Actually, I would prefer not to have to touch anyone. Mm -hmm. So Anyway, I I don't mean to go off on different things. I'm sorry. No, I think it's an important conversation to, to have, you know, to help not just first responder families but our other listeners who maybe aren't directly involved to have a real life view of like and I think this is directly related to that mental health to understand why first responders need to have culturally competent clinicians why families need to mm-hmm. be on board you know like you guys said you are unique in a sense or probably a part of a very small percentage of families who had first responders on both sides mom and dad to be able to pick up the slack when the other parent was struggling right and understand that I think a lot of people that we talk to don't have that. You know, mm-hmm. one spouse is not a first responder and they struggle and they go, why Why is so-and-so acting this way? Why did he come home from the shift like that? And so for us to talk about this and go, this is why. Because what you see on the news 
is not what's real. And, and unfortunately, you bring that up, unfortunately, there are a lot of first responder couples where you your spouse has the rainbows and butterflies and unicorns type of that's mine mentality <sighs> well it i'm is. just saying it, you, you have that spouse that has that unicorns and and rainbows and butterflies mentality going into the relationship mm-hmm. thinking that oh I'm marrying my my Prince Charming, my knight in shining armor. He's going to fix everything, and this is going to be great, and blah, blah, blah. Okay, until that one day they come home, and they've had a really shitty day. Mm-hmm. And then it goes like, oh, holy shit, I can't believe this. Yeah. What did I get myself into? Mm-hmm. And then they don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And I think, honestly, they... There needs to be some type of thing in the police academy. I was going to say academy for spouses. <laughs> well, I, I, I really believe, honestly, and I've thought about doing this here, is when you hire trainer, trainees uh, doing their during their FTO th- part for one week, the spouse and the kids come into the police department and mm-hmm. talk to people about what really goes on and and how you're really going to feel and this is what is what happens you know it, it's hilarious yeah. to me i shouldn't use the word hilarious it is it's actually funny to me you hire somebody and they show up for work on the first day and you tell them okay well you're going to be working midnight so you need to come in at seven o'clock at night and you're going to work till seven in the morning or six in the night and work till six in the morning whatever mm-hmm. and they're like oh i have to work nights yeah you have to work nights oh my my wife's not going to be happy about that you know it's the wife doesn't understand it so you go mm-hmm. home and you tell the wife like hey i'm going to be working six mm-hmm. at night till six in the morning that means you're going to have to work Christmas too. Yeah, I got to work. See, and a lot of times they just, they don't have that. They don't understand it. They don't know. No. They don't, yeah. they don't look at, it's very common, I guess. They don't look at the job description. They don't look at all of the stuff. They look at cops on TV mm-hmm. and they see all the excitement and everything that goes on and that's what they think it's going to be like. Mm-hmm. Well, the but, lobby talk, like Felicia and uh-huh. I tell people, you know, it's, it's the badge, right? It's not everything else, like the missed holidays and the forced overtimes and the shitty, you know, missed school recitals or whatever it is. It's or the sleep- pamphlet style. Yeah. This is this is, this is all the shiny. Yeah, or sleeping, sleeping or at sleeping. the yeah. sleeping at the police department because mm-hmm. you couldn't go home because you had to be right back because you went to court and you had to be right back for your shift in four hours. Mm-hmm. So you just decided to go sleep in a room in the police department. Yeah. Right. Well, they're recruiting videos is what I call it. It's you want to make everything look so beautiful. Yeah. Uh-huh. But they never go over all of the reality of the job. And mm-hmm. I, th- I think that would be a very wise thing for police departments to do. Uh, fire departments as well. I mean, those guys, yeah. they got some shitty shifts. I couldn't be a fireman. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd eat really well. <laughs> my, my vehicle would be nice and shiny. And I'd probably be real buff, but... Other than that, you know, um, no, I, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm just making jokes. It's, it's but fun. they get it. But <laughs> yeah, what I'm getting at, I guess, is that uh, we need to do better. I, I think law enforcement Well, and this is good whole, to hear, too, because people always say, well, that's what you signed up for. No, no they're actually not, not told about really any not. of that. So please don't say that to me because I will yeah, tell you. No. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't sign up for having ulcers and I didn't sign up for taking a bunch of blood pressure medicine. I didn't, I didn't sign up for not being able to sleep, having nightmares at night because all this crap is going on. Mm -hmm. I I didn't sign up for that. What I signed up for is to help people. Mm -hmm. That's what I signed up for. Sounds kind of corny, but that's, that's what I wanted. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I understand that certain things go along with the job, but you shooting at me, you trying to kill me, you telling me I'm a monster. I didn't sign up for that, mm-hmm. but I guarantee you, I will take care of myself because yeah. I signed up to be a dad, a husband, and a grandpa. Mm-hmm. So there we are. A poppy. You're a poppy yeah, a now. Poppy now. <laughs> Hilarious. I love it. <laughs> She's so cute. Because <laughs> I switched Papa to Poppy. Aw, I love it. She told me, bye, Poppy. Love you. <laughs> so cute. So 
with that said, going into what you did sign up for, being a dad and a poppy and a husband, you're you're getting close to that retirement. We gotta talk about it because I think guys don't prep for retirement and this is something I tell guys. You're my poster child, just so we're clear of like, he's taking stuff down out of his office. He is taking the time off to help his system transition. Like you, in mm-hmm. my opinion, you're doing this really well. But I can imagine that it's probably still really hard. It's, kill- of- it's killing me. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. And and guys often don't prep for it at all. You know, they're going hard until their last day and then they're handing in their stuff and they're mm-hmm. crashing and burning. Yeah. What is that? What are you looking forward to? How are you helping yourself transition into retirement? Besides the sterile office. Yes. I really <laughs> want to come and put a picture back up in my face. <laughs> you know, guys, I... Uh, I've had people ask me, uh, like, they'll come in here and they'll be like, holy shit, what happened in here? I mean, it's, it looks like whatever. Mm-hmm. Some people, I tell them I'm doing a renovation and we're getting it ready for the next chief, and which we are. That, that is happening. You'll notice all the baseboards are gone and we're going to take all the carpet up and we're going to put some flooring in and do different things. Get fancy. Yeah. So for me... Uh, and this is me. I don't know how other people work. Yeah. Right? After 32 years of investing your entire life into something, you have to take a few minutes, months, year, whatever it might be. And for me, I want to do it. I have to be prepared. I'm. That's just me. If it takes me a year, I will do something every single day until that day comes, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the way I looked at it, I was looking at all my stuff, and Felicia made a made a comment about how sad it was that nothing was here imagine how sad it is when it is here for me when i look at it and go god this is going to be over soon yeah like i have to look at that every fucking day like oh my god accommodations oh my god different places that i work different things that i've done i have to look at that every day Mm -hmm. and when i look at that every day you think to yourself like well, maybe I'm, maybe I don't, maybe I shouldn't do this. Maybe I shouldn't retire. Maybe I should just keep going and maybe do this or maybe do that. I'll tell you, my body is not going to make it to do it for very long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I have to be honest with myself. So I chose to take everything down off my walls. Like the first day I started working, I didn't have anything. Mm-hmm. That's exactly how I want to go out. Yeah. I want to go out with nothing here. I want to walk out the door. I want to give everybody a hug, take a shot and leave. Mm-hmm. And I think I've said it in your groups where you've asked me to come and talk. I have a desk chair and I will tell you the minute my ass comes out of this chair, someone will be sitting in it mm-hmm. doing this job. So I personally have to get me- mentally prepared mm-hmm. to understand that. Yeah. Because that's a big deal for somebody. Absolutely. Right. It's just to to know that, you know, I'm here today, and tomorrow I'll be at my house with my daughter calling me to babysit the kids or do something, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm trying desperately, and it, it's not easy to come into this. I, I sit in this room, really, with the door closed quite frequently and just kind of stare at the walls like, God, this is fucking boring in here. It looks terrible. Mm-hmm. There's no color. It's gray. It's gloomy, but it's necessary. That's, yeah. that's where I'm at. It's just necessary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kept my board just so I have things to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you explain what's on your board really quick since our viewers yeah. can't see or listeners can't see? So there's different quotes on my board, certain things that hit me at the time when I was something was happening or I needed. You know, Felicia wrote a couple of them. I just put them up there. I mean, I've gotten certain things. There's things that I want people at work to look at when they're in here sitting here. there's just a bunch of stuff up there i have some pictures that my granddaughter drew i mean there's (laughs) there's just different stuff that makes me happy Mm -hmm. um some gives me some inspiration to make it through the day some lets people know where i'm from Mm -hmm. you know there's certain things that have gone on with me that you realize like it's just weird right and it just certain things that tell me that it's okay mm-hmm. so that's what's there there's a lot of them i chose to take all the 
stupid shit that you have to have or are supposed to have schedules, budgets, all the stupid shit that everybody thinks is important. And I either have it on my computer or I stuck it under my calendar on my desk so mm-hmm. that I can see it, but I mm-hmm. only see it when I want to see it. I'll pull it out. The things that I want to see are on that board. I, I don't care about the budget. I don't care about whether we have enough staffing. I already know that we either do or we don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be reminded of it every single every single second of the day when I'm sitting here. So I choose to put it under my calendar, and if I need it, I'll pull it out and look at it and go, oh, shit, we need two people, and we'll talk about it, and we'll figure out how we're going to do it mm-hmm. and go from there. Mm-hmm. So. so we uh, we actually bring up your board at all the retreats, and we have a lot of guys now who have cleared their whiteboards of all the shit, and they fill it with quotes now. It's good. Uh-huh. I, it works for me. I, there's a lot of things that, that I should have done a long time ago. I, really, I should have a long time ago. I probably wouldn't have high blood pressure and stomach issues and all the other stupid shit that happens when you get older if I would have just let shit go and just said, okay, well, it really sounds important, but in all honesty, thinking about it's really not that important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and the key thing is that you eventually did it, right? Yeah. Well, no, I'm I'm not going to lie. I'm glad I did it right because I probably wouldn't be here. I probably would. I'm not saying... Mm-hmm. Anything about, but I'd probably stroke out. My head would have exploded or some crazy shit like that. And yeah. I would have been in the hospital and somebody would have been pumping and shit on me because I had a heart attack. And now I'm just trying not to let shit bother me. It's it's mm-hmm. really not worth it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Retirement mindset. <laughs> oh, I do. I, trust me. I, I have... 254 more days until I retire, so it's written down right there. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So. Uh, okay. So um, to kind of cap this off, the growth of mental health from your rookie days to now, do you think there's been there's been a lot of growth? And how would you like to see that move even after you retire? You know, honestly, what I'm going to say, and this is probably going to sound really, really awful, And I don't mean it to sound awful, and I don't want to offend anyone, but I'm going to say it anyway because people need to hear this. The old, crusty, 1970s, 80s police chiefs that have been working in law enforcement since uh, dinosaurs, uh, they have to understand that their life has evolved, right? Mm -hmm. People are important. The people that work for you are important. You cannot do anything without the people that work with you. You can't. Nothing gets done. We talk about teamwork, mm-hmm. right? Well, if you're a good coach, that's what the chief is, is the chief is the head coach, mm-hmm. right? If you're a good coach, you're going to make sure your players are ready to play every single day. And unfortunately, back in the day, they never thought about making sure their players were ready to play every day. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. They thought, show up to work, do your fucking job, and go home. Well, that's really easy to say until you have to deal with some little baby dying in your arms, Mm -hmm. somebody shooting and killing themselves, and you walk in on it just as they're pulling the trigger, Mm -hmm. right? Or you got some guy hanging in the back room, and you walk in, and holy shit, there he is. Mm -hmm. That affects you. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. You can be an old crusty bastard if you want. But it's still going to affect you. Mm-hmm. That that old, just suck it up. Just That's why we have officers, firemen, EMS people killing themselves. Because they tried to suck it up and they couldn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, those older mentalities are what causes those issues. It's time to get with the times. There's help. It's kind of like a computer, right? We didn't have computers back when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. We have them now. They're very helpful because we can do a lot of shit with them. Mm-hmm. Think about that with your brain. There's people that can help you, but you have to go look for that help. Mm-hmm. And I think that we need to start looking for the resources in order to do our jobs better. Just like I was saying about the spouses, we need to think about the whole family. Can't mm-hmm. just think about the officer. Can't think about the fireman. Can't think about the EMS guy. Mm-hmm. You have to think about all of them, the whole family, the team, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I, I think it's very important. I don't think that it's where it should be. I'll be very honest. I don't think it's where it should be. I think you still have a few 
older uh, mentality style leaders mm-hmm. that are afraid, truthfully, to seek the help for their people. They say they want to do it. Yeah. But again, actions speak louder than words. They say they want to do it. They need to start doing it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I hope I answered your question. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank you for being open and honest. We know doing stuff like this is not easy, but I think what you've said today is going to go a long way for a lot of our listeners. So I just Mm -hmm. want to make it clear that thank you. Thank you for doing this for us. Well, girls, I, again, uh, thank you for letting me do this. I know you think you wrote me into it. I really can say no to Felicia. I know a lot of people think that I can't, but I really appreciate you letting me do this because I, I don't think you realize it helps me just as much as it helps other people Mm -hmm. to be able to get stuff off your chest, so -hmm. to speak. And again, if I can help anybody, that's what I want to do. That's Mm -hmm. what I signed up for, truly. Uh, That's my job. I'm a fixer. I want to help people, and hopefully I'm helping someone. So thank you. Yeah, thank you for being with us, and um, thank you for letting us use you in just about every episode. I think it's where a lot of at least my knowledge comes from. So it's nice to be able to do this. Right on. Thanks. And we'll have to have you on again sometime. After retirement, I think would be a really good episode. Post-retirement. Yes. Chief. Chief Dave Unfiltered. I thought it was always... Ex-Chief Dave Unfiltered. I thought it was always unfiltered. I just feel like once you're ex-chief, we're going to get a super unfiltered. (laughs) (laughs) That may happen. Maybe it's, it's 254 more days. Maybe about when I have about 10 days left, we can have an unfiltered episode. (laughs) <laughs> and, and post one day after retirement yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bitches <laughs> uh, really tell us what you think we'll, we'll post it to everywhere that I have a that I'm on Facebook uh-huh. we'll, we'll share it everywhere <laughs> alright well thanks for listening again guys and of course if you enjoyed this episode or us at all for some reason uh, don't forget to like share what's the other shit like, share, favorite, comment, uh, subscribe, turn on the notifications, all, all that, the things. All that stuff. Um, yes, please do. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to 7525. This podcast is in no way affiliated with any other business or entity. As a reminder, this podcast does not take the place of mental health treatment. If you or somebody you love is struggling, please contact the National Suicide Hotline at 1-800-273-8255. You can also go to their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org for texting or chat options. You can find us at 75.25 on Instagram or 75 backslash 25 on Facebook.